was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome, to Nikki Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And welcome to episode 64 <laughs> The Blueprint of the Digital Era. Yes, we got Blueprint Talk today. You know what I mean? Mm. So, we're going to be talking about Meg Thee Stallion and being the first rapper having a Netflix deal. Michael mm. Jordan getting into the Web3 NFT vibes. Uh, Khaled and some They Don't Want You to Win talk. And some B. Simone authenticity. Talking about influencers, talking about the social media game, talking about Web3. Moose, how are we feeling? Yeah, yeah, no, this is uh, this is taking it to people who've been in the game for a minute, right? Like, I don't think anyone you any of those names you mentioned have been here for at least five years. You got somebody like Khaled who's been there for 20. So Blueprint is the right title for this one. All right, let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens cut from a different cloth. Now, joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never-before-seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And you already know what time it is, is the review of the week. And I'm bringing back a goodie because I was reading this. I was like, man, I really like this one, right? It says, great listen. I absolutely love this podcast. I enjoy listening to podcasts that talk about branding and Nikki and Moose definitely deliver. I love the breakdowns of different brands such as Jay-Z, Kobe, the Kardashians, etc. This podcast inspires me to keep growing as an entrepreneur and allows me to learn new things. Hey. Oldie but goodie. Yummy. Oldie but goodie. Oldie but um, goodie. Shout out to everybody who leaves us a review on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Chasers. And I think Spotify is going to allow you to put some stars soon. I saw it in the coming, like, coming features. So my Spotify oh, nice. listeners, uh, hit those stars when that is available. You know what I mean? We need... We, we need those. We need those. So, um, and of course, shout out to all our audio listeners, all our viewers, whether you're watching it on YouTube, social media, whatever new platform, because I'm speaking other ones into existence. We love you. We appreciate it. And Moose, how we feeling? Man, pretty good. Pretty good. Fresh off of... Uh... A team gathering, so I'm, I'm I'm I was excited about that. I got to spend time with you and the squad uh, in Houston earlier in the week, and uh, yeah, things are good, man. I'm pretty excited. Uh, very busy, nonetheless. Although it's the holidays, and typically that's when things slow down, right. but it's different this year for us. I like it's uh, it's pretty busy. It, it is. It is now. What? Okay. So, what do you normally do around the holidays? Compared to now, well, I don't. I don't typically celebrate Christmas, right? I, okay. I, I don't. I don't celebrate Christmas. Usually, our celebration is more around New Year's. However, right. it's you know, it's a little bit more of a slower pace, a little bit more movie watching, kind of laid back, just relax. 
uh, and, and spending some time with the fam. And again, my family is pretty small, but that's what it typically consists of around this time of the year. But moving into it this season, I'm like, oh, we running and gunning. We got flights and trips and meetings and projects and everything. Like, it's going to be just a typical week. Okay, be respectful of people's Christmas Eve and Christmas and the weekend. And then back at it Monday, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's a little, it's a little different than, you know, what we've been accustomed to the last few years. Now, I do have a question. Talk about what it. it. Even though you don't celebrate Christmas, right? Is there something you do that takes advantage of the Christmas season? Hmm. Like, I mean, do you, do you still do you still receive gifts even though you don't like go oh, or do you do the? Or do <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, sure. Well, for that part of it, I am uh, indulging in the Christmas spirit. No, no. Like, do you go I, to I, Fifth I, Ave and like look at, you know, that's kind of the thing, like go to Rockefeller, go see the the windows and how they're all like, do you do those things? Yeah, yeah. No, we, we did it last year. And I must say, I've always said New York City is the best place to be around the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. I've, I've just been biased in saying that you could always feel the spirit, you know, the Christmas spirit or the holiday spirit when you're in town around this time of the year. So for sure, I, I utilize that energy to my advantage. Like, OK, let me let me go and check some of this stuff out. But, yeah, no, it's a beautiful place to be, especially this time of the year. Facts. Oops. Facts. Facts. I would. uh I still am proud to say that I saw the tree before it was lit and yeah. uh, after. You know what I mean? That that tree is like a tradition, super tradition, every single year. I got to. Now, mm-hmm. I realize that I have to see the tree in the beginning of December and not necessarily at the end because for some reason it gets super, super crowded. Like, what was it? I think last year or the year before that. I can't remember. I'm literally like crushed walking mm-hmm. like like little by little just to get out of Rockefeller. It was just so weird. So yeah, if y'all haven't seen the tree, uh, if y'all haven't gone to New York and see the Rockefeller tree and kind of walk around Fifth Ave, you, you need to go do that. You need to go do that. Yeah. Um, these are facts. Yeah, these are facts. Random, random shout out. Hold on. Because... Uh, and they didn't ask me to do this, but this uh, black is wealth uh, hoodie and and sweats like the most comfortable thing. I like that thing. color, right? I like that color. That's a fire color, right? That is the most comfortable uh, sweatsuit I've ever been in, and clearly y'all've seen me in a few. Um, this one I could I could say is is fire, and they didn't ask me to do that, but I, I put it on today like. Oh, I feel I feel wealthy. I feel, I feel rich. <laughs> I, feel, <laughs> said, I, feel I feel rich. I feel wealthy. So so shout out to Black as well. They were like, yo, I love I love the information you give. Let me uh and then I saw the cream. I was like, yo, let me get that. Mm. Say less. I got that. So uh That's what's yeah. De- definitely go go check them out wherever they are. I think they're on Instagram, but yeah, go do that. Anyways, let's get into this episode. <laughs> So, I, I promise you this needs to be like, there, there's a few people that continue to jump on this podcast. Meg The Stallion mm-hmm. happens to be one of them. 
And that's not a bad thing. She's literally killing the game. Not only did she, when the last time we highlighted her, uh, she, uh, well, one of the times, not the last time, I would say one of the times, uh, she was getting her college degree recently. I think it was like December 11th. She finally graduated TSU, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but this thing is saying she inks a production deal with Netflix. That right there, first rapper to get this type of deal, to let alone to be a female rapper. Um, I don't, I don't know how you can stop Meg. I, re- I really, I really don't. Now, this is going to include creating and executive producing content such as, you know, TV series and and more on Netflix. Doesn't say how long the deal is, but we do have uh, like a quote of something that she said. I've always had a passion for telling creative and entertaining stories. So I'm thrilled about this partnership with Netflix. Megan said in the statement, venturing into production is the next step in in my journey as an entrepreneur. And I can't wait to bring all my ideas to life and for all my hotties to watch. Um, man, I don't, I don't know if you can stop this lady. I don't know if it is the, the team she has now, I will say she's on a cheating team. Mm-hmm. She is managed by rock nation. And if we can, which we didn't cover here because I feel like we covered Jay-Z a little bit too much. But Jay-Z just came out with like, uh, I don't know if he produced it or whatever, but came out with a Netflix uh, yeah. movie himself that he's been kind of on the road promoting as well. And so it makes sense. All right, if Jay-Z is doing it, let's get some of, let's get the number one artists out mm-hmm. there to kind of do the same who's been out doing Nike deals out here doing Popeye's deals just doesn't, it doesn't make sense how, how much she's doing. And I don't know if she's stopping anytime soon. What do you, what yeah, do you for think? sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed at how she's defying the odds despite of her age. Right. She's like 25, 26 years old and she's just tacking on accolade after accolade with, no, and seems to be handling them very well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there was that one issue uh, with her and what's the what's the other rapper's Tori? name? I forget. Yeah, so it's like that was maybe the only small hiccup, you know. Oh, that's on going her on resume. right now. You know that, right? Oh, still. No, wow. so so here's the thing. I think this is perfect timing with the the production deal. I'm glad you said that um, because they're on trial right now, and then to still make her seem in a positive light because there's been, uh, you know, speculation of what really transpired now. Okay. Here's this Netflix deal. So mm-hmm. the trial is going, but you're now looking at Meg once again in a positive light, regardless of what the media is saying because of this production deal and, and not even deals. My, my apologies, partnership. Let's not, mm-hmm. Let's not, there's two difference. Right. That's, that's, that's a, that's an ownership vibe. Partnership is, is a different vibe. So I think with, with what's happening and I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if there's more stuff that happens during this, this whole trial to make sure that her, 
uh, name and image is still look in a positive light. So I, yeah, I don't think this is coincidence. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And, and also you mentioned this concept of being in a producer role, right? Yeah. The fact that she's going to have the opportunity to narrate stories, control the, the narrative and what's being said. That's also another thing that is super dope. And we got to highlight when you talk about multiple minority labels, female, minority background and young, it's like, that's super dope to see happening. So now I'm, I'm just really excited for what she's accomplishing. And I think it's only just the beginning because again, given her age, 26 years old, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. Crazy, crazy. Meg, keep doing your thing. We're going to keep covering mm -hmm. it because yeah, this, what you're doing is amazing. But uh, let's talk about something I'm really excited about. I'm super excited about. So y'all know we have been talking about the metaverse and NFTs. And uh, if you happen to be looking on YouTube, uh, you may think that I like a lot of Jordans. And I may, you know. <laughs> um, shout out to all our listeners who are uh, sneakerheads or Recovering sneakerheads, because um, I want to say that I am a recovering one because I don't necessarily buy as much. But that's a different story for a different time, right? But it seems as if Jordan is getting into the Web3 and NFT world himself. All right. So Michael Jordan and his son, Jeffrey Jordan, launch Hair Inc., an entertainment and tech venture geared around athlete startup plans nft platforms for athletes raises uh well 100 whoa 10.6 million round led by thrive capital now this is huge okay so for those who are like what does that mean what does that mean so this is a community platform for athletes so they're going to be selling limited seats to memberships and then whoever has those gets access to digital assets and we're seeing a lot of things like nike just acquired uh like a digital sneaker like one of those i forgot was like rfkt's pardon me i'll look it up once moose starts talking but digital assets are starting to be a really big thing and then of course uh, limited M NFTs once you get these particular memberships. I think this is great because it shows that no matter what industry you're in, you got to pay attention to Web3. You got to pay attention to how do we take these particular physical products and how do we make it uh, and the brand itself kind of relevant in where the world is going next. And we keep hearing about Web3. We keep hearing about Metaverse and NFTs. And to get the top brands to be like, all right, I'm creating my own platform. I'm not going to, what I, and that's another thing. I'm not going to piggyback off of other people's platforms. I'm going to create my own. We're going to call it Hair Inc., right? I think that's dope. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and it's 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 cool on many different levels, right? For one, we're seeing 
the introduction of Michael Jordan's son in 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 this in this image, right? Which is like really a a legacy move in a sense because you're utilizing the talent of the younger generation who likely have the insight, the interest, and possibly even some relationships, and then just really leveraging the brand, of course, a historical brand and an icon in Michael Jordan and, and convincing athletes to say, hey, come with us, right? Which is always something that when you think about competition or a uh, shout out to CJ who always talks about USPs or unique selling propositions, when you think about what's going to make you as an athlete thinking of your future and your business and your money, not want to go with the obvious competitors. You talked about Rock Nation and Jay and, and his agency, LeBron, you know, Rich Paul and, you know, what those guys are doing over there. It's like, what's going to what's going to be one of those compelling things to make you say, all right, I'm not going to go down the obvious pathway. I'm going to go somewhere else and possibly get an opportunity to to add some longevity to my career it's going to be Michael Jordan. That's a name that is obviously one of those names that'll make you stop in your tracks and make you reconsider, you know, what your move is. So I think it's a great deal just for people who are thinking about how they're positioning in partnerships and business deals. That's a great move. And then they also have a very talented team. I mean, you got a marketing exec on that team. And then the other gentleman there too is used to work with Steph Curry and, and helped launch his media company. Yep. So it's cool to see the talent across the board. Yeah, Jeffrey Jeffrey Jordan is going to kind of lead out as that main name, but there are some other talented people on that panel as well, which is really cool. Yeah, and, and this particular platform, which I, I like, is going to be built off the crypto coin uh, Solana. So mm. uh, giving for, for those people who are like, what does that even mean? Uh, majority of these NFTs um, that we've seen that are super popular are on the Ethereum coin. And so I do like that influence, influencers and influencing brands, I said that wrong, but you know what I mean, um, are finding different platforms, building their own platforms and uh, utilizing different coins to even though Solana was making some waves already, um, having true competition in this, you know, crypto world, I think is really interesting. Another person who's coming out with an NFT that I showed you um, on the 20th, so maybe by the time you hear this, you missed it, Steph Curry. And uh, he just did something huge and was, the best shooter ever pretty much for sure um and he's doing a 2974 collection that um pretty much uh highlights how many threes he's made mm -hmm. so i was looking into that and it is a whole it's not how do i put this normally with crypto you need to get a crypto wallet he's now once again introducing a different way to obtain this NFT is a whole new platform. So I like how those people who are creating access tokens and platforms and different wallets are getting the athletes and high 
influencers to be like, look, this is great. You already know this is happening. You're going to do amazing things. Put the, put a charity on top of it too. Cause he, mm-hmm. I think he's giving yeah. this to charity. Right. Um, and, and make a bag, but this is the wave. So every single time you break a record or do something huge and don't think about it from just an athlete standpoint. It could just be any type of milestone that people really celebrate that could turn into an NFT and people are going to want to be a part of it. We, I don't know if we covered it, but even things like uh, the Thanksgiving parade, the New York Thanksgiving parade, Macy's one that turned into an NFT. Any major events, any major accomplishments can be turned into digital memorabilia. Just think of it like that. Digital memorabilia that people are going to want to have ownership of. I think that's that's super dope. And it's like making me think for 2022, like what are some major like um, major events that we could capitalize on? I love what Toby did um, Mm -hmm. with his tour and dropping coins for each location, you know, um, and, and having songs that that are paired with it, you know, I think it's just brilliant. And if yeah. you're not really educated on the metaverse and this whole uh, Web3 situation, keep tuning in. <laughs> stay locked in. Yeah, stay locked in. We're going to give, I tell you, it, it seems like almost every, almost every podcast, nah, I can't even talk, almost every yeah. podcast, we're talking about it. And it's yeah, just, there's something new coming out. Yeah, it's just what it is. Let me ask you this. Do you think that utilizing, utilizing the opportunity to give some of these things or donate to charity is a way that athletes and big name influencers are trying to get more people to get introduced to the metaverse and the NFT world, or maybe even lower their fear factor. Cause it's like, if you think about it, if, if it's strictly an investment, mm-hmm. you're likely to still be a little bit more hesitant until, unless you're a natural risk taker. Yeah. But does using the label hundred percent of proceeds go to charity automatically make you more susceptible to say, cool, let me try it out. Um, I don't, I think the, charity move is more to get people to feel like it's not just a make money scheme. Mm -hmm. So we've mentioned that Gary V has dropped the collection earlier this year. He made $92 million. Now, um, some people don't want to make or more rich people richer. Yeah. So they could possibly pay certain amounts to local artists and people who are on the come up, but athletes and celebrities and things like that. We know we look at it. If there's no real true utility and any money going back to charity, that this is probably just another way for you to get money and you're already rich. And so some people are hesitant. That's why they're now attaching charities to it because it kind of 
lessons that like, oh, I love to donate to charity. I think this you're doing this for a good cause. It's not it lowers that uh what's the word? Skepticism. What's the word? Yeah. That's okay, a word. Skepticism. Cool. Okay, all right. You know, it it is what it is. But we'll take um, it. yeah. So I think that's what it does as far as the charity. Not necessarily um to lower the barriers to make you feel comfortable to buy it, just more of you're not trying to get rich off this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I sent you that tweet that Adidas put out when they mm-hmm. dropped their uh, kind of NFT and had some technical issues. Oh, I just, ap- yeah. Yeah. I just appreciated what they did because they wanted to show that they're going to do right by the community. I think the yeah. the big thing, and for those of you who are, again, getting introduced to this and, and learning more about it, we have to recognize that a big reason why it's gaining traction is because it is a very community-based initiative, meaning it's based around community. It's based around making sure that the artists continue to get compensated for their work over the long haul, especially when it increases in value. So seeing brands take a stance to show that out the gate, I think that's one of those things that we're going to look on 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now and say, oh, you know what? Yeah, no, they from day one have been real and have stayed true to the community versus a brand or a company who was in it strictly for the money. And that too was obvious. So I, I just appreciated what they did. And um, yeah, like I said, that that tweet was, was dope to see. Yep. So uh, stay tuned for more Web3 and Metaverse talk. But uh, let's get into let's get into some social media, some digital business kind of vibes. And once again, shout out to Earn Your Leisure. Uh, they have been killing it this Absolutely. year. Um, I, I love what Moose says about this. This is just their time, and the interviews they come out with is just amazing it's just amazing and the recent one they came out with is dj khaled and he said something and i like bringing back the simple stuff because we kind of pass the simple stuff and think that we need a complicated system but how khaled rised up and got so many deals and became the figure he is not downplaying his music or anything, but clearly his influence and how we see him and even his sayings is because of social media and is because he showed up on a consistent basis and was very authentic. So we got a clip uh, from that earn your leisure um, podcast as far as what he advice to other businesses and influencers on how to deal with social media. We're supposed to use our social media because it's really a free commercial for your business. If you have a restaurant and the food is good, people are gonna come back. And if you promote it on your um, Instagram and the word get out that, that that food is good, it's only gonna build. If you put out greatness, you're gonna get greatness back. 
And sometimes it don't happen overnight. It didn't happen overnight for me. Quincy Jones didn't make Thriller till he was 50 years old. He made Thriller when he was 50. Me, I, when I turned 40, that was when my biggest success happened. I worked free 90% of my life. Go ahead, Moose. Wow. Yeah, no, that's that's uh there, there's so many there's so many kind of principles and gems tied up in that. The, of course, just to start with the easiest one or where he closed off, the fact that, you know, he says I work free 90% of my life. And I listened to that interview and I was kind of like texting you about it quite a bit because I took a lot away from it, right? And and when he says that, I think people underestimate how much he was investing back into himself. Because to add to some context to what he was saying there, it's like he was making money, but he was using a lot of that money to continue to market himself. Yeah. So it was kind of just a reminder, like, you know, for, for some of us, uh, again, naturally introverted who might not feel as comfortable uh, putting their name out there or telling people about what they do, he's telling you probably the easiest function of social media today, which is to let people know about your greatness and your business. Not saying overstep and overdo it and go crazy with it, but that is what social media is today. And I've, I've spoken with some people who are a little upset. It's like, nah, but, but you don't understand when Instagram first came out, it was just about sharing pictures and, and cool moments and it's not what it used to be. But again, that, that's, that's where we have to challenge ourselves to really upgrade our mentality. Do we want to live in the dinosaur age? It's, it's like saying, oh, I don't, I don't want to drive a car because when, when I was around, we were using horses. It's like, okay, but you know, it's, it's a different time. It's a different era. You've got to upgrade your mentality. So I think this is, this is a good reminder, especially for those who tend to fight off social media a little bit, to just see like this, this is what the platforms are used as today, right? It's to spread hope and positivity and inspiration, share your business and all these th different things. So I like to, that he's just kind of sharing that like, yo, that's what it is today. And that's how we should be using it. Yeah. Um, my takeaways on it is kind of two parts, right? So from the first one, it's really, like I said, going back to the basics, if your stuff is good, it's going to work. You just got to put it out there. So I like how he used um, in the interview kind of an example of a restaurant. If your food is good and you put it out on social media, people are going to come. Like you get testimonials, you show the food. We can't assume you're there. We can't assume that the food is good if you don't put anything out, like we wouldn't have known of a Khaled if he never jumped on Snapchat and be his true, true, authentic self. We wouldn't have known half of these influencers, um, half of these brands, if they didn't put it out on social media and blow up the way they did. Now, with Khaled, we know he was DJing, he was a, a radio host, he was putting out albums before Snapchat, before social media. We, we know this, but we connected with him more when 
he showed himself and he kept showing what he was doing. He showed the albums, the, the process of making them. He showed his lifestyle. He showed things that he wanted to. So you got to know him and connect with him. He didn't rely on record labels. He didn't rely on anything else to do it for him. He said, this is pretty much a free commercial. I'm going to speak every single day about what I'm doing, regardless if I'm in the studio or not, regardless if I'm with my rich friends or not. Yes, they're rich. They're all rich. Um, whatever it is, I'm going to put it out there because if it's good and I connect with people, they're going to keep watching and they're going to buy or stream or come to my events. And it's just as being simple as I'm going to just show up and be me. Now, the second part that I really enjoyed was him putting that is not an overnight situation. And I worked 90% of my life for free. Now, there's, there's a few ways I'm looking at this, but if we think about old school ways of giving out our products and services for free um, to people just to get a buzz going, I think social media is the new way of working for free. You're giving out information every single day that maybe before or at a certain point of your brand, people will have to pay for, right? This is, this is going to be what Khaled's 90% was. Social media is going to be your 90% where every single day you're making sure you give something for free to your audience. Why? Because the serving mentality of giving out what you love, giving out what you're a master of is going to build connection and um, allow people to truly see what it is besides putting the credit card in first and experiencing it then and possibly having a bad uh, experience, right? We've covered it with, you know, uh, with E, E.T., right? Where there's other people who would say a little bit and say, all right, go buy uh, this for $19.99, right? And E would just go on YouTube and give it all away in which it build the community that he has. Khaled has taken that same model and gave it all away as far as what it really takes to be in this culture, what it really takes to be in this industry. And he gave it all away, played music before it should have been, you know, heard, gave it all away. And now he's seen the, the rewards from it. Now he's getting brand deals. Now he's getting uh, other platforms to call him and be like, Hey, can you be, the brand ambassador, can you be a partner? Can you be a co-founder of these things? In in the interview, and Moose wanted me to uh, clip this part out too, 
But in the interview, he talked about the early days of Snapchat. And if this is this is the downfall about social media because we don't we don't own these platforms. But we give ourselves to these platforms. We have success. We're keeping users on their platforms or bringing users to their platforms. And when he went to the head of Snapchat, like, hey, what we doing? They never worked with Khaled. They never work with Khaled. Now, some would be like, that's wild. But at the end of the day, Khaled still understood how to leverage social media. So you may not want to work with me. That's cool. Almond Milk wants to work with me. I'm having a, a partnership with Dolce & Gabbana. I'm now coming out with a ghost kitchens of another wing, right? All because of what I did on your particular platform, I leverage free. So the lesson with all of this from, from my end is do you understand how to leverage free? Do you understand that social media is not just a task, but it is a tool to get your business, get your brand, get yourself out there for free in order for your real opportunities to come in? Well, that's a bar. That's a bar. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's good. Social media is not a task. It is a tool. That's a bar. That's a bar. I love that. I love that. But uh, most from like, the, like I said, that interview was was fire and there was other bars from it. But what was your biggest and, and what I'm what I love about our podcast is that we literally promote other people's uh, podcasts and content right, right. we really right, do but we <laughs> we do that um because we really actually love the content ourselves right um so what was another i said my so my snapchat bar but what mm -hmm. was another thing that you got from the interview yeah now towards the very end man he said something so powerful because i think everyone especially of our era and our generation is big on, big on this concept of ownership. Mm -hmm. So I think the, the guys were asking him about, you know, owning his masters and things like that and, and how they were inspired by Nipsey to kind of follow through on that same concept. And his response to that was, yeah, by all means, own your masters, but make sure that your masters are worth something. Mm. And I was like, that's powerful because that's true. You can 100% own everything that you have, but dismiss opportunities to collaborate and partner with someone, maybe even give a little bit of equity or share equity, but add more value. So it's right. that same concept of 100% of zero is zero, but 10% of a million is still a little bit more than that. So it's, mm. it, it really just, it's refreshing to be like, okay, yep, ownership is still the goal, but value is just as important as ownership. Yeah. And I love that you brought this up because, and I don't, I don't want the audience to get caught up in masters and music talk. Think of it as your brand. Like you own your brand, you own 
uh, different aspects of your brand. And if you're not really putting in the work, it may not be worth anything. So Mm -hmm. for you to say, yo, I own my brand and you didn't take the opportunity to partner to uh, scale it, uh, opportunities to collaborate with certain people to bring extra value to it. Oh, because relationships bring value as well. Oh, you know, this person, they wear this, they've rocked this. Okay. That actually brings value to it. You know, um, if you're not adding value to your brand and it's not just on a money standpoint, you can't sell it. You can't, you, you've heard these, these deals where certain businesses are sold for millions of dollars and you're like, okay, I could create something like that. Well, can you, mm-hmm. what have you done to create that value for people to even consider paying for your brand? So it's, it's, it's the same concept of, of masters of, you can own something, but is it really worth anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big part. That's a big part. And I think a lot of us, you know, we catch on to something. It's it's what we've talked about, like titles that become super attractive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like when entrepreneurship was on the rise. Mm-hmm. Everyone was fighting to be an entrepreneur. But what if you were making money at a nine to five? Or we started disrespecting nine to fives because entrepreneurship was deemed as more popular. And it's 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 this type of perspective that allows us to kind of weigh things in more of a balanced purview and say, okay, hold up. Uh, okay, I understand that that's the goal, right. but this is an important ingredient to tie to the goal or I can accomplish it and it not be worth anything. So, yeah, no, I, I love that that part of it as well. Yeah, shout out to Khaled, Earn Your Leisure, guys. Y- y'all killed that interview. But um, going still into the uh, social media influencer um, kind of transparency status, because we know Khaled became huge because of his authenticity and transparency. Uh, there was a really good interview with uh b simone and uh david shans shout out to david um about maybe what you're doing wrong and why you're not successful on social media and building your brand so uh let's get into that be yourself the problem isn't i'm not getting sales nobody's looking at me the problem is you're not original The problem isn't, oh, nobody's on my page. The problem is you're not being yourself. You know, the problem isn't, man, nobody's buying my product. My followers aren't growing. The problem is consistency. (laughs) Mm. The problem is discipline. The problem is self-control. Like, let's get to the root of the issue. You're not consistent. Let's get to the root of the issue. You're not even being yourself. You're so focused on this other entrepreneur. You're trying to do everything she's doing. Let's get to the root of the problem. The problem isn't your following isn't growing. It's that you're not even putting out your truth. We don't even know who you are. Yikes. Oh my goodness. Um man. Uh let me let me start this off cuz there's this one part that um first off, she said she said a lot, right? She just pretty much uh crapped on majority of people of why 
they're not mm-hmm. growing at all. Whether it's on a product and service standpoint, whether it's just from a following standpoint, she just pretty much said all the reasons. Uh, I will say the main reason for brand confusion and why people aren't growing, whether it's their following or, you know, their, their brand on social media is because they don't know who they are. It causes brand confusion. If you don't know who you are, how are we supposed to know who you are? You know, you're doing several things and I don't know what that is. People don't know what that is. And then when she goes to the part of I'm looking at this person and that person and you're starting to copy what they're doing and we definitely don't feel that you're authentic. But I actually want to put the comparison, uh, the comparison topic to a different thought because I posted something on Nikki and Moose uh, when this is being recorded. I posted it on December, uh, December 18th, December, because it was early in the morning. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was early. Um, but it was of a rapper called Corday, who I think we covered a little bit here before. But I loved how he said, I don't really try to look at other people because from a high standpoint, you can look at other people and you can be crushing it and that can cause complacency. So now I'm not doing as much because I'm seeing what other people are doing and I don't feel like I have to do as much. So there's two sides of comparison. There's I'm looking at other people and I'm copying exactly what it is. And it's not taking me to the level that I need to be, or I'm looking at other people, I'm past them. And now I'm actually coasting and will actually go more down in a, in a downward spiral because I'm letting my foot off the gas. Cause I'm looking at other people, you know? So the, the complacency, not the complacency, the comparison uh, vibe really needs to stop because either direction, it doesn't benefit you either direction. And, and we've covered it with the Virgil topic where the whole perfection and we're, we end up researching a little bit too much and we're looking all over the place. And now we're still ending up copying people. Yeah. So that's like already, and it's hard not to, you feel what I'm saying? Like it's hard when you're jumping on these platforms, when you're getting in and, and creating, whether you're in the beginning stages, middle stages, or even a little bit advanced, you have to kind of keep a pulse on the industry. Right. So it, it, it is hard not to look at other people, but at the same time, if you understand the two reasons of how they're both negative, mm-hmm. it could kind of reduce it a bit. Now, I will say I love the, the consistency part because further in that interview, she was like, okay, you're posting, I don't know, once, once a month or once a week. I'm posting four times a day. Mm. Like, 
that's not you think that's consistent no we're in a i'm i'm trying to get you to know me every single day every part of the day you're gonna need mm. my brand every part of the day breakfast i got you lunch i got you you want a snack i got you when you're on your phone you know dinner or chilling out time i'm gonna be there too you know you have to just like how Khaled said um, in the last clip, you have to show up. And if it's good, people will come. But if you are showing up whenever you feel like showing up, you're not putting your brand as a priority. You're not putting your legacy to as a priority either. Because we kind of think of social media and we kind of think of content as something more of a task and more of just something we have to do. Right. But we have to put a priority into it because it's a bigger, it's a bigger picture of this is going to last for a month. This is going to last for a year. This is going to last for several years. I've, I've stated this, uh, a few times we're still using uh, Eric Thomas content for five to seven years ago. Hmm. Right. It's lasting and it will probably last longer than he lives. By you creating a, a consistent work of, of content, as I like to say, a body of work, you're not leaving doubt to your followers of who you are. You now create a digital legacy and you're providing, whether it's motivation, dedication, or, or dedication, all in my hat. Okay. Motivation, education, <laughs> yo, uh, random. I'm, I may be all over the place today. I apologize. Motivation, uh, education, or entertainment. Your content may be providing that for years to come, which is adding value and which is going to create shareability to your brand. If you don't mm. put anything out, then how are you expecting the people to know who you are at all? At all. Mm. Man. There's, you know, it's funny. I'm just sitting here and listening and like, I'm reflecting on so much, right? On the mm -hmm. on one level, the the concept of what you shared about E and using content of his from five to seven years ago. And I'm just like, think, think about that for a minute. It, the fact, yes, there's consistency. That's a, that's a key principle that's tied in there. But there's also a key ingredient, which is, being true to self or authenticity in a sense, because you're using content from years ago, but people can still see it or see it and still say, oh, that's E. Like you're not, he's not a different version of himself today that yeah. using anything from the past of his makes people say, nah, that's not who he is today. Right. So, so here's, here's my takeaway. When you work on you, you grow, but people can't say you changed. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Like, like you grow, yeah. but 
you're, you're still recognizable to people, meaning that your values, traits, characteristics, integrity are still in order that people can be like, oh, I know who I recognize Nikki. Yeah, I recognize Nikki from 10 years ago because although she's grown, she's more intelligent, she is more creative, she has more relationships, she has more opportunities on every level, but people can't say you changed. So, so, so I, I find that so almost amazing in the sense that we, we've like added a new spin to that Jay-Z line where he's like, you know, people say uh, you changed like I worked so hard to stay the same. But it's like, OK, well, what if you changed or you grew, but you're still recognizable to some extent? Sure. Mentality might be different. Right. But I, I, I do think the consistency in deep, deeply ingrained in that is that concept. The other thing is. My, my new line, I'm, and I'm reading this new book that's helping me really see it, is the first principle of achievement is discipline. Mm, break that down. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you can't achieve anything if you're not disciplined on a clear target. It becomes very difficult to achieve your goals or be looked at as someone who's accomplished and successful or respected as a great or a guru in your industry, if you can't channel your energy and your discipline toward the target that you're trying to attack, finish, or complete. So, so many times we think that people are successful because of how much they've done. When in reality, people are successful because of how little they've done, but in one particular area. And little, but I mean by little in terms of the the number of things they've done. So it's like they've done so much in one area, they didn't do so many different things. So it, it, it's super important that going into the new year, one of the things that we work on is discipline. Because the cool thing about what this young lady just shared, she didn't say anything that was specific to social media. She said a lot of things or a lot of almost principles and, and things related to our own personal development, like things that we can work on away from social media, offline, but they will greatly impact how we move and touch people online. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I, I just think discipline is one of those things that we, we got we to gotta make attractive again. You know, it's like that, that self-control, that discipline, that focus that's something we got to make attractive again, because again, it's work that's done offline, but it greatly impacts what you do online. There you go. There you go. Um, so this was good. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everybody do us a favor. Go check us out on, uh, if you're already watching this on YouTube, we love you. Uh, for all our audio listeners, go check us out on YouTube. Uh, our subscribers are going up, and we appreciate you we here. for doing that. Tweet it. Uh, share the links on your Facebook. Sh show that you're, you know, you're watching it on your Instagram stories, however you want to do that. And, of course, uh, Tuesdays we have our, our live show, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, uh, 5, I want to say 5 Five West Coast time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, all that great stuff. But Moose, final words. Yeah, I said this I said this jokingly when we were together in Houston, but I was like, 
nah, there's some truth to this. There's some truth to this. And I was saying, be the version of you that people make fun of the most. Mm. Right? Be the version of you that people make fun of the most. Because at first, it is uncomfortable. But you got to understand that it, behind people making fun of you, there's a level of admiration. Behind people making fun of you, there's a, wow, you have the audacity to be this, this person, to be this you in public. So sometimes we cringe. We run away from that because we don't like the feedback. But it, as you de develop, again, the discipline of being that version, you're going to see a lot of growth.